Glory to God. Isn't God just good? He's a good God that loves us and that He cares for us. He's a God that it's that He's just uh, shown His grace to us in Jesus Christ. He cares for us. Is there sound? I don't know. He's saying something. Okay, there is sound. Okay. Um, right, so we're going to talk about just the goodness of God and the love of God that He has for us. And uh, I'm going to continue on what I spoke about last week. Last week we spoke uh, about the resurrection life of Jesus and how it's come to give us the resurrection life. But I want to talk about how that applies to the throne room of grace. And that is very important. We need to see how this applies to the throne room of grace. Now before we get into the message, I just want to make one announcement that I'm thinking of. If you are watching this via Facebook and you finding problems with a stream that it is not, um, you know, that is lagging or anything like that, Please feel free to go to YouTube or to our website, dynamicministries.com. And on the home page, you will see there is a link to the live webcast page. And if you go there, it will open a player, a YouTube player. And what YouTube does is it will pick up your line speed and adjust the quality of the stream according to your line speed. So um, it will just, uh, if your line speed is slow, it will lower uh, the quality of the video, but you will still be able to hear the audio loud and clear, and you will um, then you will not struggle with uh, with lagging or anything like that. So uh, just do that. That is going to help you a lot. And what's also good about that is if you're watching this on cell phone data, uh, and you don't have a, a capless, um, you know, or unlimited data, and you don't want to use a lot of data, you can just on the YouTube player. You, um, you, there's a setting. I think you click on the top right corner. Um, there's a setting where you can set your data down to, I think, 144 kilobits per second, which is basically nothing. Um, and it will let the, I mean, the quality will go down, but there will still be a sound, sound, and you can then share in it that way. Glory to God. I would also like to ask you, if you feel to share this with friends, if there are people that you feel in your heart that you're thinking of at the moment, feel free to share this with them and just be a web evangelist, you know, and share the good news with them. What an easy way to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Right, let's get into the message. We're talking about the throne room of grace. We're talking about the goodness of God. We're talking about the kindness of God in the resurrection. Now, last Sunday I said something that I want to make clear uh, to everybody this, uh, this Sunday. Um, I spoke about Socrates and Jesus and the death they died. And um, when we look at Socrates, which was a Greek philosopher that lived about 400 before Christ, or 450 before Christ, and um, he died, and the, the, the death he died was, um, they, he was found guilty before, uh, you know, the government of that time, and then he was sentenced to death by the drinking of poison. And um, he drank the poison and he died in peace, because what he believed was, uh, he believed that, he, um, his soul can never die. He believed that death is not an issue. He's just going to move house. He's going to leave this body, and this body is basically a jail to the soul, wherein this body has got sin in it, and this body has got weakness, and all those kind of things, and, and that he will be delivered from the jail of this body and move on to be with God, and that the good deeds that is done in this world <coughs> will basically... Um, because they'd lived good lives, you know. Um, the good deeds that he's done in this world uh, and his, his spirit moving on to God or his soul moving on to God is, gonna, is much better than living in this body. 
That is what he uh, basically believed. And when he died, his disciples cried and everything, and he corrected them. He says, why are you crying? You know, I'm facing death. It's not a problem. You know, I'm just moving on to a better place, and uh, you will move on to a better place uh, when you die one day. And that was basically it. And then I um, compared it to the death of Jesus Christ, where Jesus was really, um, and the word I used was, he was afraid. Now, I don't think that is the correct word. I used the word fear um, for the lack of understanding or using a better English word. Uh, I think the word fear is not the correct word, although I use the word fear. I studied that word out, and a better word for that would be straightened, which is not an English word that anybody actually understands, um, and which would just be powerless if I say it that way. But the, the best word to, the best way to explain that was completely distressed. Distress would be a very good word. Uh, the Bible also used in the translations sorrowful. Uh, you know that it was sorrowful even unto death. That's one, one word that is used. Um, and and I, I'm going to talk about that and how Jesus conquered that fear and what it was. You know, Socrates, the Greek philosophers, they weren't afraid of death. They, they, they had no fear of death. They, they didn't, when they um, would die, they weren't even sorrowful. Uh, they weren't sweating blood. And you must remember, he was going to drink poison. And when you drink poison, it can be very painful. And it can be a suffering when you drink poison as you start to convulse and you've got pain and struggling and all those kind of things. You might say, Bertie, what does that have to do with the gospel? Um, please bear with me and let me explain this to you because it is so powerful. You know, this gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God that saves us from uh, the flesh. It's the power of God that saves us from the fruit of the flesh. It's the power of God that brings true peace and true joy effortlessly into our lives. And my dream and my vision in this ministry is to serve you with the truth and to have your minds understand and your hearts believe the truth and experience the fruit of the Spirit by the life of God and where you find the authority of God and the power of God, the dunamis of God, the very existence of God come and live in you and where the very power of God conquers everything that is contrary to what God has dreamt for you from the beginning. So that is why there's no other reason. There's, there's, not a, there's not a reason to try and preach the latest revelation. Because trying to preach, and I want to say this to preacher friends that watch this, you know, let, us, let us be careful for trying to preach the latest revelation on the block. Because there is just one revelation, that is when God revealed the truth in Jesus. That, that is it. The only revelation of the Word of God is Jesus Christ. He is God's Word revealed. That is it. And the simplicity of the gospel, in that, that simplicity of the gospel, we find such a power wherein our minds can be broadened in understanding the heart of God and the goodness of God. So uh, I want you to know, I'm not trying to preach something to be weird. I'm not trying to preach something to be the first guy who says something. That, that is not what I'm trying to do. And I'm not trying to mislead anybody. We want to see the power of God. We want to see the goodness of God. And we want to experience that. For God loves us. You know, we are the apple of His eye. We are what He's dreamt 
uh, you know, from the beginning. We are His dwelling place. We are His tabernacle. We are His temple where He wants to be. Our lives are so precious to God that He wants to preserve it eternally. And not just preserve it eternally in eternal existence, but preserve it eternally in the quality of His life in our spirit, soul, and body. That is what he, what he has. He's, he's, he's never, when He's made you, when He brought forth man from the dust of the earth, when He made Adam and Eve from the dust of the earth, He didn't look at man that came from dust and He felt this is disgusting. He looked at man and He said, this is very good. This is very, very good. And God's mind has never changed. You know, when, he's, when He looks at you and He looked at how uh, you've been deceived and how you've been brought up with lies and how you've been brought up with a wrong view about who God is and all those kind of things. You know, he, didn't, he would look at what's happening to you and he would say, that is not very good. But he's not going to look at you as a person. He's going to say, not good. No, he would say what's happening to what is very good is not good. So, and you need to understand that. So we're talking about a salvation plan here that can really help our hearts. And in Dynamic Love Web Church, you know, I am not, and the vision that I have is not to preach just a message of encouragement every Sunday, wherein, you know, I just want to soothe your emotions in God loves you. No, uh, um, our emotions will be soothed by the love of God. Our emotions will be soothed by the goodness of God. and We will feel, wow, God is good. But, I also want to uh, preach a message that wherein, wherein the eyes of our understanding is enlightened and where we start to understand the depths of the gospel and where we start to understand how this thing works, that we will not be at a place where we need another message from Bathy Brits or where we need another message from anybody, but where you start to experience the truth in yourself and where you come to listen to a message just as a confirmation of what you already understand and believe. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, so um, the vision that I have in my heart, and what I want to see is people experiencing the gospel and understanding the gospel. That is the vision that is in my heart. So when we look at Socrates and when we look at Jesus, and I want to explain something there, I want you to open your heart to the voice of the Holy Spirit to see what God is really saying and what I'm trying to communicate. Now, when, when Socrates faced death, he never faced death. I, I want to say that again. When Socrates faced death, he never faced death. He just said, well, I'm, not, I'm never going to die. I just want to know where am I going to live next. That is what he was saying. He was never facing death. But Jesus... When he faced death, he faced it in the truth of God. And he knew what it is. And he didn't die in the bliss of ignorance. He knew what it was. The Bible says when Jesus died, the Father didn't leave his soul in Hades. He didn't leave his soul in hell. That means the soul of Jesus went to Hades, which is the place of the dead. That's where his soul went. And his body went to the grave. So his body went to a tomb and his soul went to 
the place of the dead, not the place of the living, the place of the dead. That is where Jesus went. And he knew where he was going. He knew what would happen to him. And when Jesus and the Son of God looked at this, in, he was oppressed by that. He was not happy by that. And I want to read to you Luke 12 verse 50. It says, But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how I am straightened or distressed till it be accomplished. So that baptism that Jesus talked about there, doesn't talk about the baptism of John or water baptism. It talks about death. He said, I am to enter into death. And I need to be baptized into death. And how distressed or how straightened I am till it be accomplished or finished. So he didn't go like Socrates. You know what? I'm just going and and I'm going to just, you know, have a better place to live. No, no. Jesus looked at it completely differently because he was not living in the deception of Greek philosophy, which the church sadly still is in. What he believed was, he he believed that he was going to enter death. And the reason why he wanted to enter that, or why he entered that, is so that we, when we die, and in the resurrection, that we can have life. That we, that our souls, that when we die, we can go to, like Paul said, I can go and be with the Lord. And we know the Lord was resurrected and is with the Father. So Jesus entered death so that when I die, that I can be a partaker of Jesus in the hope of the physical resurrection of the body. Now church, um, you know, I, I want to just be honest with you. When I preach things that's a bit technical and those kind of things, inside my heart, and I'm just honest with you, Inside my heart, I feel a little bit of a pressure because I know that people always seek the buzz of just bringing a message of how God loves me in in an emotional feeling, which I believe in, and I am absolutely for that. I mean, this morning I spoke in Badastrub about our innocence before God and how all our sins be taken away and how he sees us as the apple of his eye and spoke the beautiful emotional language of how God really truly feels about us. But I, you know, when I, when I come to preaching something technically and just bringing correction and bringing understanding to the church, you know, I can feel a bit of a pressure of, you know, we don't want that. We just want, listen, I want to help you because the Lord has helped me through this. And I want to share that with you. And I, and I want to ask you, like the Apostle Paul said, you know, um, he said, I beg with you. I plead with you. Be reconciled unto God. And I want to say, I plead with you. Say to God, I want to understand these things. I want to understand the basics of the gospel. Because, you know, if we, we can be in a place where we feel, you know, God's angry with us. And now we come and we hear about how God's not angry with us. But inside this place of how God is not angry with us and how Jesus loves us and how he cares for us, inside that is a complete universe to be discovered of the person of God, 
of the love of God, of the dynamics of God, of how God functions, of how you got fun- on, 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 on how you function, and how you can actually live in understanding of the kingdom of God and experience the power of the kingdom of God. You can understand this gospel in depth. It's very simple and very easy. So, when Jesus died, and when he was in, the Bible says when he was straightened, that would straighten, now let me just read that, you know, and when the Bible says, it says here, he says, and how I am straightened till this baptism is accomplished. I read verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 50 again. It says, but I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? That word straightened means the following, to make narrow, um, in a narrow circum, straightened by a foe, or oppressed by a foe. And I want to read point five here, which explains it. It says here, to be pressed by want of sufficient room. Now, the Afrikaans word for straightened there is um, benotate. Now, I don't find the, the English word. I, I looked at the, the um, Afrikaans English dictionary, but the word that's used there is basically uh, a press down on or something like that. It is not, it is not what the Afrikaans word benote means. Now, the only way to explain that Afrikaans word to you is by this definition, which means to be pressed by want of sufficient room, to feel claustrophobic. Um, the, the perfect feeling for that by pressed down by the want of sufficient room is if you would take somebody, if you would take your foe and your foe takes your head and drowns you underwater. That's the feeling. That is the feeling. Now I don't say, and, and last time I used the word fear, but I don't say Jesus was afraid. There's a stronger word than that. It's the word which is the word straightened, which means to feel the feeling when your foe puts your head under water and is starting to drown you. Now you can describe whatever those feelings is, and I want to tell you that is what Jesus felt. And you, uh, let me tell you something. It was so strong that Jesus was bleeding through his, through his skin, you know, just without being wounded. He was sweating blood. That's how it felt. And that is what death is. It, it, and that is what Jesus felt in his heart when he had to think that he has got a part with life and enter that which was the destiny of every man. <laughs> It was not in the shallowness of Greek philosophy of where am I going to live after I've left my body. That is not what Jesus was thinking. Jesus knew that his soul would go to Hades, the place of the dead. And that his body would go to a place called the grave where his body can corrupt and find decay. That is what Jesus was facing. And Jesus you know, was at a place where he had so much turmoil in his heart that he prayed the Father, if the Father cannot take this away from him. Now imagine that. Imagine that. 
And he said, not my will be done, but your will. And you can see how Jesus fully embraces our humanity. He fully embraces our death and our darkness and the full experience of it. And every part of, um, of this, this, this word straight, I mean, I mean, I've never even used the, this word. I've never even heard this word straightened, you know. Straightened by a foe or to be made narrow by a foe. Um, to be confined, to be, uh, um, it means to, to make tense or tight by a foe. To distress, to be perplexed, to press, to be pressed with poverty. You know that feeling when you get, I'm poor and I've got no money and I don't know how am I going to pay for that. And all the emotions you can as- ascribe to your heart. If you know you need to pay something and you cannot pay it and they want this stuff. And my, times that by a million because it was, to the, it, it was to be pressed by the want of sufficient room. And Jesus was in the want of life. And life was going to be, he's going to lay down his life. The only description of that that I can say that will explain that is drowning. That is the only thing. You are in want of life and there's not sufficient room to live. And you're going to die. That is what Jesus was going through. I will tell you, that is what Adam and Eve was warned against by God. It was not a thing of, you know, we in our Christianity, we never face death. We, in, in our theology, our theology is always where you're going to live after you, you've left your body. But Jesus faced death so that we can, so that our souls, even when we die, can go to a place what Paul called to be with the Lord. And then be resurrected and where our soul and body will together experience the glorification of the resurrected Jesus. Nehemiah said, Bertie, this is technical, whatever. I will tell you, this is the gospel and it is the power of God. And I want to tell you, let your heart allow you to go so far as to consider these things and believe it. For I want to promise you that this is the power of God. I'm experiencing it in myself. I'm experiencing the the first fruit of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. It takes away all fear and self preservation wherein I have to try and preserve my ministry's name and preserve my own life and preserve any of those things for inside me is the resurrection life of God and the spirit of that life is bearing its first fruit in this life and wherever I go whatever I do there will be signs and droplets of this life showing forth. It is just the way it is. You cannot get away from it. And this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about. He was put in jail, my friend, for the gospel of the resurrection. And where he was in jail, in the stocks, we saw the resurrection life of Jesus bringing forth this, you know, beautiful letters of the gospel being written. Isn't that beautiful? 
Isn't that beautiful? We saw a joy in the heart of the apostles, even when they were in jail. We saw encouragement in the worst circumstances. We find the apostle Paul saying things like, you know, we are counted for the slaughter every day, yet we bring life to many. And he's happy. He says, I count all these things, you know, these things that I'm going through, you know, when I'm persecuted, I just say, well, I counted joy. Now that doesn't, it seems that the guy is not in his right mind. But what he's experiencing is the flow of life. And it can manifest in absolute different ways. It can manifest in signs, wonders, miracles and healings. It can manifest in outpourings of financial prosperity. It can manifest in joy in those that are in the greatest extreme poverty. It can manifest in extravagant giving and generosity. It can manifest in outbursts of love to people. It will it will manifest in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. It will manifest in that. That is a given. And then it will also manifest in different people and different forms of miracles and those kind of things. That is what we're talking about. That is what we're talking about. And, and my heart is to share this with you. So uh, when we look at Jesus and when He faced death, I want to tell you, my friend, he wasn't deceived like, like Socrates, and he wasn't deceived like, um, you know, the, the you know, and, and I want to say this, the church, and what we believe now, is we believe in a going to heaven outside of the real message of the resurrection. Not under, thinking that when you die, you, you've experienced the resurrection. If you, th- if you don't understand this resurrection, the level of understanding of life is almost, it, I think it's a bit better, but it, because you're believing still in Jesus, but it, is, it, can, it can be likened to, to Greek philosophy. You know, we don't want that. We want the true power of the gospel. We want to understand what Christ has come to do for us. Now, right, I want to read Mark here, and we're just going to look a little bit at more at Jesus in Gethsemane. It says here, in Mark 14.34, And he said unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. <laughs> His soul is exceedingly sorrowful. Now listen, he didn't say, My body is exceedingly sorrowful. He says, My soul is so sorrowful that I'm feeling that my soul's going to die. Well, I'm sorry, but that's what's written there. That's what's written there. Bertie, what are you saying? I'm saying... The following, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye and watch. He said, please, I'm at a place where I'm feeling inside me that I'm thinking of what I'm going to go through and this, 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 this need of breathing space is so great of me because I'm feeling how death is closing in on me and I, it's like my fo- the foe is going to put my head under water here and that is what it's like. To, I'm not saying the devil is putting Jesus' head under water. I'm not saying that, but that is the feeling inside Jesus because the God that, is, that doesn't know death is now going to taste it. Right. And he went forth a little. Now, I want to, I want to, the reason why I want to sketch this for you is because we're going to go to Hebrews 4 
and 16, we're going to talk about the God that can have compassion on us when we feel pressed in on, when we feel the enemy's got our head underwater. And I want to put this to you because I want to tell you he knows how to redeem you from feelings like that. That's where I'm going with this. Right. So, Mark 14, 34, and he said unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye and watch. He's asking his disciples to pray for him. He's going to mortal man and he's saying to them, pray for me. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto you. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. And he came came and found them sleeping and said unto them, Peter, Simon, do you sleep? Could you not even watch one hour? Look at the distress in the heart of Jesus. Watch ye and pray, lest you enter into temptation. So he's saying to them, listen man, I don't want you to even have any of this. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and he spoke um, these uh, uh, spoke some words. And when he returned, he found them sleeping again, but then he was facing now what was going to take place with him. And he was facing um, this. He said, well, I'm about to be betrayed in the hands of, of sinners. And he spoke to the father and the father said, no, I want my will done. And I want you to go forward with us because this is because I will resurrect you and I will conquer death for you so that you, so that, and this death will be the death of all people so that those who believe upon you can be where you are and that you can resurrect their bodies in the last day. Amen. Now, Hebrews 4.9 There remains a rest for the people of God. For he that enters into the rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us therefore enter into the rest Let us therefore enter into that rest. Let any man fall after example of unbelief. Now listen to this. For the word of God is quick or alive and powerful. That powerful means active, actively working and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even um, to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and to the joint and the marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Neither is any creature that is before him, uh, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto his eyes of him of whom we have to do with. Verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession, or what we believe, this profession that will be made immortal. For we have not a high preach which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but it was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Now, what is he saying here? I want to point out two points. Number one, he says, the word of God is quick, and it is powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. What I want to say by that part of the verse is, the Word, what is the Word of God? The Word of God was the message 
that Jesus told his disciples to go and preach, which was, Jesus is raised from the dead. He's conquered the death of that he was facing, wherein he said, I even feel my soul is dying here. I'm entering death here. And he conquered our death. Go and preach that this Jesus conquered death and that his kingdom is poured out on the earth and that whosoever believes will receive the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and the truth about us in Jesus shall be manifested in our lives and that this Lord by his resurrection power conquers our sin and conquers our death that he is the Lord of my life he is the Lord he lorded over sin he lord over death and his grace which is this resurrection power unto life wherein his influenced man unto life shall come and reign over us that was the good news the good news was those of you I want to tell you, there's a man that has conquered death. Believe in him and you'll have eternal life. That's what he was saying. So then he says, this word is quick, mean, doesn't mean fast. That quick doesn't mean fast. Many South Africans mean, think that that quick means fast. No. That word quick there means alive. For the word of God is life. It is alive, it is powerful, it is sharper than any sword, it is piercing, and it is, in the Greek there, distributing life to the soul and the spirit and the body. So what he's saying is this, listen, the word of God, this message of God's love for man, this message of God's grace, is... So it is alive, it is life, it is sharper than any sword, and it can pierce deep into every part of man and distribute life to spirit, soul, and body. It can, br- it can bring life to spirit, life to soul, and life to body that neither of these will have to die. And it is even a judge of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In other words, it will bring judgment, God's judgment, to your mind. Meaning, it will say, I only allow good thoughts. I only allow righteous way of thinking. I only allow the understanding of God in the brain of this man. Glory to God. I want to tell you, if that doesn't make you happy, I don't know. It's just one thing, then you don't understand what he said. That's the only thing. It's not that you're bad, but I don't think, then you, then you simply, then I must explain again. Glory to God. But this is such good news. And then he goes on, he says, Neither is there any creature naked. And he goes on, he says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Why? Because this Jesus was tempted just as what we were tempted Yet without sin, without weakness, he didn't give in to the law system and death couldn't hold him. And since he knows how to conquer death, let us come boldly to the throne where he reigns over death, which is the gospel of the resurrection and the gospel wherein he's conquered sin and death, wherein it is not the gospel of God's not angry anymore. Church, that is no gospel. 
there is, I want to tell you, there's no such a, there's no good news like God, there's no such a good news which is God's not angry anymore because God was never angry. There can be the good news, listen, I want to tell you, we've been deceived in thinking God wanted to punish some people because of anger. That was just a lie, you know. So then we can feel the relief of not believing a lie anymore. But the true good news is the message that God conquered death. That we, not like Socrates, will have to ask the question, if I leave my body, where will I live? But that we can have the surety that Jesus had I'll be raised by the Father and my life, the life that God has given me, will be eternally be preserved, not as a soul floating somewhere, but as a man raised from the dead, glorified with the glory of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. That is the gospel. That is the good news, friends. Now it says, let us come boldly to this throne of grace. So I want to tell you, you can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive help in the time of need. You can come boldly. I want you to just stay where you are. Just see the resurrected Jesus in all His glory. Just close your eyes and see the resurrected Jesus in all of His glory, in all of His glory, raised from the dead, wherein there is no evidence of any bones in his grave, where he is a holistic whole man, glorified, no death whatsoever, sit at the right hand of the Father, and come boldly to the throne where God reigns over your death, and where that reign looks like that Jesus. And stand there, and let that reality renew your mind of who you are and what God has done. And that's how you find help today in the time of need. See that and experience that for the moment. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you, Father. Amen. You know, God loves you so much. God cares for you so much. You know, I've, somebody asked me today, he says, how do we assure ourselves that we get revelation from the Gospels and how we get revelation? The Bible says those who seek will find. So I want to say to you, and this is what I do. I've done it and I'm continuing to do it. And by the grace of God, I will continue to do it until the day of the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't just want to follow a man. Although I know you work through men, I want to follow you. Even if you speak through men, I will hear that. I want that. And I want the truth. And I don't want to be deceived. I only have one life. And this life is for you. And it's for your gospel and for your truth. And I want to know your truth. And when I, and, and that's the first thing. The second thing is, I look at the gospels. And I say, Jesus is the word of God. God is love, so his word must be a word of love. And his word was manifested in bodily form and walked on this earth. And no doctrine that I hear must contradict what Jesus did and demonstrated on the earth and what his death and resurrection concludes. No doctrine 
must contradict that. The death, resurrection, the physical resurrection, and all those kind of things. No doctrine must contradict that. That was the second thing I said to the Lord. And with those two things, I approach Scripture, and I approach life, and I approach my relationship with God. I want to say to you, do that. Let that be an example to you. Let that be something that is a foundation from where you approach God personally. And you will see God speak truth to you. And give you a revelation. Where you're not believing because Bertie believes, but where it becomes yours. And where me and you, we stand side by side, preaching this gospel. Encouraging one another to run our race. Encouraging one another to continue until the end. Glory to God. Amen. I want to pray for the sick. You know, if you're watching here and you're sick in your body, you're feeling sickness in your body, I would like to pray for you right now. Father, I want to come and I want to just stretch forth my hands to everybody that's watching and I just pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you confirm your word of the resurrection with signs, wonders and miracles and that we can preach your word boldly and as people will see how you bring healing to them, how you bring deliverance to them, how you bring freedom to them. I thank you, Lord, that you heal all kinds of sickness. You provide uh, in all forms of financial, miraculous ways for people that they can just have this message confirmed by signs, wonders, and miracles, or where you work with this truth. Thank you for that, Lord. I just come and I bring you healing in the name of Jesus raised from the dead and the Spirit of God that speaks through me right now and by which I speak now and the Spirit of God that's upon you just quickens quickens your that area of life and brings healing to your body and brings healing to your mind. I pray for people that they will understand how high, how wide, how deep and how long the love of God is in Jesus' mighty name. Be healed. Amen. Amen. Man, I want to thank you for watching. I want to thank you for just being part of this gospel, being part of this message of grace. I, want, I just feel gratitude in my heart for every person that shares a link, every person that tells his friends about this, not spreading dynamic love ministries, but just spreading the truth where others can come and experience the truth. You know, I want to just thank everybody that just sponsors this ministry and that's just serving uh, this ministry. People that just write things, um, you know, the, the people that transcribe messages for me, the, the people that, um, that would just share links, the people that carry this truth in their hearts. We stand as a team. I want to thank you for that. Uh, it's wonderful to share in the life of God. Glory to God. I want to thank you for watching and then I will see you again in this week as we make our short messages um, uh, uh, on Facebook and if you don't watch those if you're not on Facebook I want to I will just say we'll see you again next week Sunday same time same place God bless you